This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Alrighty, welcome to the Celtics Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tufts-Bai. I'm joined by Dr. Justin Quinn today. And this time next week, we'll have a couple of NBA games under our belt. Tuesday marks the opening of the season for the Boston Celtics. They're going to play the Philadelphia 76ers at home. So we welcome in our friend Kai Carlin of USA Today and Sixers Wire. Kai, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Good. good. I'm so ready to talk about real basketball. Yeah, I'm happy the preseason's over. Like, I'll be honest with you, like, uh, covering covering preseason basketball just sucks. Like, like, the game doesn't matter. So I'm excited that, you know, we're going to be start covering games that actually matter. Did you guys get any overtimes for Philly? I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. No, thank God. Yeah, thank God. And I, I know the Celtics had to go to overtime with one of their preseason games when they played Toronto. So I was mm-hmm. thinking about you, Justin. I really was. And uh, so, so I was like, wow, Justin has to cover an overtime preseason game. Well, there was one time, Justin, the Sixers went to, I think, double OT in Summer League um, a, a couple years ago. And That's I mean, probably why they have the Elam ending now. Yeah, yeah. The, like, like the double overtime Summer League game was terrible. <laughs> I was pretty fu- – I thought the buzz was pretty fun. But uh, I – because I'm a million years old, I love the baseball. And it's hard to, like, know really high-stakes baseball games are being played while – it's uh, it's a dereliction of duty to not cover the preseason instead. Um, are you a Phillies fan? No, I'm actually. Uh, I don't know if Justin's ever told you this, and I, I know you and I really haven't talked. But I'm actually from Michigan originally, um, oh, okay. so I, I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. So unfortunately, the Tigers haven't been really relevant in baseball no. since about maybe 2015 was probably like last time they made the playoffs or yeah, it's been 14. A um, you know, l- last time they were that good was, you know, that was uh, like the Miguel Cabrera, Justin Verlander, you know, Prince Fielder, Victor Martinez teams, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't think I cared that the Sox were bad until wild Card weekend. And then I was bummed to be out of it. But anyways, this is a basketball podcast. Uh, Kai, we haven't seen the Sixers play, uh, real competitive, meaningful basketball in a while. And since then the rosters changed a little bit before yep. we get into the minutia of the season and the opening night and all that um give us your summary of where the Sixers are at and your level of confidence for how far this team can go well they've definitely improved uh you just you, you kind of mentioned the, the roster changes that this team has continued to make they made little moves around the edges which kind of that's always been something that the Sixers have struggled with over the last couple of years meaning um, they've always had their stars, right? They were such a star-heavy team, but they re- they never really had a, a, like a, a supporting cast around them that would do the little things and actually be able to complement the stars they had on their roster. This time around, they have them. You have Joel, you have James Harden. Tyrese continues to take – Tyrese Maxey continues to take huge steps forward. That, like, I, that, that kid is – he's so impressive. But they went out and they brought in a P.J. Tucker. They went out and brought in a Daniel House. They went out and brought in a Montrezl Harrell, a D'Anthony Melton. 
to continue to grow that team and actually add some toughness for one. And they add, these guys are actually two-way players. They add depth, and now you don't have to play Furkan Korkmaz so many minutes uh, off your bench. You, um, you, you know, you can you can go to a Daniel Wellhouse and, and guys like that. So, uh, just you know, it's just it's going to be interesting to see how they turn out. Um, I still have my doubts about them come playoff time, just for the simple fact that you know that Harden is always good for a playoff clunker. He's always good for one, and it always seems to kind of pop up in the most inopportune time. Um, his the Harden's career playoff numbers are great, but when you delve into him a little bit more and you look at his playoff logs, he's always got that one random playoff clunker that comes out of nowhere and you don't expect it. And it seems to pop up the most inopportune time. So I, that kind of happens like another round two exit. Um, wow. I'm surprised by that. Actually. I, I mean, so many people are, are saying that they are, you know, MVP favorite Joel Embiid and at least an Eastern Conference Finals appearance for this team, which is really what I think of them, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And, and people thought the Detroit Lions were actually going to be good this year. Too, so <laughs> we, we saw how that turned out. So, no, but no, I, I think the reason why I'm still kind of just like, eh, on them is because Joel's another one. I think this team is built to win 60 games in the regular season. Like, they, they could easily be the number one seed. They could. Um, and I don't think it would really surprise anybody, but it's not like the Sixers have any guys on their roster that, except for maybe PJ Tucker, who's got the championship, you know, on his resume that have proven themselves in the playoffs. Joel's another one, like as amazing as Joel Embiid is and how terrific that guy is, that guy is absolutely incredible. And in my opinion, he's a top five player in, like in the league. I thought he should have won MVP last year. Um, but I understand why they gave it to Jokic. He had a hell of a season out in Denver too. So, no, it, it wasn't like a huge deal to me. But with, like when you look at Joel's playoff career, he's another one. Like you don't know about his health. And I understand that the facial factor this year was kind of a – that was a freak injury. But he always seems to have something happen to him. Always. There's always that one thing. Like you're waiting for it to come. It happens every single year. So I, I want to ask you about the health because health is – as you were hinting at a major, major part of what has held this team back in the past. Like how confident are you more than anything else? The really, you know, the big elephant in the room uh, as the proverb goes is uh, James Harden's hamstring. Like you've been up close to him. You've seen how he's been playing. Does it really look like he is a recovered from that enough where he's going to be able to do what he needs to do? And B is he in shape? So I went to Charleston for training camp this year. Um, and, you know, I, I thought he looked good in camp from what we're allowed to see. You know, obviously we're not allowed to see practice or anything. But, I mean, from the warm-ups or the shooting drills that he was doing after practice down at training camp, I thought he looked good. Uh, I thought even here in the preseason, he didn't have the same efficiency that he normally has uh, or, or has had in his career. So that's a little concerning, but I thought he was able to take big steps forward in terms of getting to the basket a bit more. Uh, it seemed like he had a little bit more burst. He seemed like he had a little bit more um, – they looked a little more explosive than he had in the past, especially during that 21-game uh, stint with Philadelphia last year and going into the playoffs. So I, I think there was a bit more that he could continue to build off of. Uh, but I'm very curious to see how this holds up over an 82-game schedule, though. Uh, heading into this upcoming season because obviously you kind of alluded to it, Justin. Um, James Harden and Joel Embiid are going to be the engine that drives this machine. As amazing as 
as terrific as Tyrese Maxey has been and the development that he's taken is huge steps forward. It's still one of those things where it's just like, it's going to come down to James and Joel. So you may hear my cat uh, in the background. Apologies if that does happen. Uh, besides that, I also saw in the preseason game that there was a collision that PJ Tucker left the game. How is he doing? Um, I mean, PJ should be fine. Uh it, it just like that, it was just really PJ being PJ. Like he, I think he like made some hustle play. And he just fucking ran into Joel, and it just like you know, again though, like that's another freak injury though. And you know, like like luckily both guys seem to be okay. But you know, it's just it's stuff like that just always seems to kind of happen to Joel. So it, it's just like now it's um that this has something that to really be concerned about heading into you know this season and when the playoffs roll around in April, May, and June. I think the, the Sixers and the Celtics are probably in a similar class where they could meet the Bucks in the second round and get bounced, or they could end up in the conference finals and no one would be surprised. Um, but also an injury or two could derail all of that. Kai, for, for, with, with less biased eyes than ours, perhaps, um, how impactful or not is the Rob Williams injury for the Celtics? I see. I think it's a little more, I want to say, I, 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 I want to say that it's going to be impactful in a bad way because they're really going to miss him. Uh, they are really going to miss him. Al, Al Horford, as terrific as he was last year, he's obviously another year older. Um, so you know, you don't know if he's going to be kind of like the same type of defender at that point. Uh, and I mean, I, I know you guys love Luke Cornett. But, you know, Luke Cornette isn't going to protect the rim or, or anything like that. I have my suspicions, but I, I'm willing to wait and see how it plays <laughs> out. Uh, well, actually, I'll push back. Luke Cornette is 7'2". I think he's the sixth tallest guy in the league. That, that, that's pretty nuts. I mean, but even at 7'2", I'm not really seeing – I'm not foreseeing. He can protect Cornette. the rim, but uh, if you're expecting anything like – even what, what Kevin Gelly is going to bring, I think, to this team. Uh, you've got the wrong guy on the floor. He's going to be adding a bit more shooting with a, a dash of rim protection. So I, I actually kind of agree a little bit more with Kai in this situation. Yeah, like Luke, Luke can shoot the ball. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, that he'll, he'll stretch the floor from the five and the four spot. But what Rob Williams brings to that team defensively is just, you know. It's unmatched. Yeah, no, yeah. But that's, that's what I'm saying matter. much, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't really – I don't know. It doesn't really matter. So it's just like – I think Rob Williams' injury is going to kind of be a big deal, but I would still put Boston ahead of Philadelphia j- just for the simple fact that this team made the finals last year. The Udoka thing is obviously going to be something where it's just like, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to bring him back next year? Is he going to be your coach? Like, is he even with the team? Like, what's going on? Like, that's going to be something. Um, I kind of, I don't, clearly two different situations. But it's going to kind of be like the Ben Simmons situation. It was in Philadelphia yeah. last year. I was just like you were. They were just constantly asked. All we did as media members is ask Sixers, the Sixers, about Ben Simmons after every game, even when they were winning. Mm-hmm. Hey, when's Ben coming back? So I feel like the Celtics are going to be doing the same thing. Hey, have you talked to Ime? How's he doing? Is Ime giving you guys direction? Like, oh, what's going on there? That's like I feel like, like, like you know, like that's going to cast some type of cloud over them this season. That could be something that derails them. But when you look at the roster and you look at what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were able to do this past year uh, and, you know, them being able to kind of rally and guide the Celtics to the NBA finals, uh, I I thought that was impressive as hell. Uh, And and that's why I put Boston ahead of Philly. 
Although I will say, I mean, listen, they're lucky that Jimmy Butler three-pointer in game seven. Oh, so because, because I'm telling you, I thought it was dropping. I thought there was no way Butler was missing that shot. Um, but yeah, like I would put Boston ahead of Philly right now. I think you're right in terms of if they aren't fairly successful out of the gate, then yeah, that's yeah. going to be a very big issue. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, um, but, and, and here's another thing. Well, when it comes to the Sixers and, and another reason why I kind of don't have them making the conference finals, Brooklyn's always kind of looming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly right now are clearly out ahead of Brooklyn, but they're always the wild card, right? They clearly have the best talent in the Eastern Conference on paper between Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons. That That is the most talented roster in the Eastern Conference. Joe Harris, um, all those guys. But they just never seem to get it together. They haven't been able to yet. So that's why people are kind of writing off Brooklyn, and I don't blame them because they're such a mess. But if the Nets were to get it together, then honestly, they they'd be my top three teams easily. Yeah, yeah, they come out to make the finals this year. Is this Durant's incredible? Kyrie Irving, as much of a um, interesting character he is, (laughs) he 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 is he is a very talented, talented basketball player. Can take a game over in the blink of an eye. And mm-hmm. he's incredibly hard to guard. Um, and then Simmons, the, like the Nets are kind of the perfect spot for Simmons because he doesn't have to shoot or score as much as he had to in Philly. All he's got to do is right. play defense and get the ball to Katie and Kyrie and get the hell out of the way. Question about Blake Griffin. There has been some wildly varying opinions on how much he's going to be able to help this team. Where do you fall on that? All right. So clearly he's not the player he was in Detroit. Um and, and I mean, obviously he was incredible with the Clippers as well, but the last, the last we saw Blake playing at an elite level was with the Pistons and he dragged that team to the playoffs, kicking and screaming in 2019. Cause that team was not good. That was <laughs> that Piston team was not good. And somehow, they, and somehow they made the playoffs because Blake Griffin was just playing out of his mind. Um, yeah. the, the, then he suffered the knee injury and, you know, he really hasn't been um, uh, the, the same player since. I thought he showed flashes with the Nets. I, I thought in, in, with the Nets, I thought he kind of showed flashes. I feel like he'll kind of be doing the same thing for the Celtics. He'll be one of those things where it's just like, uh, you know, he'll be able to kind of have like a couple throwback, turn back the clock type of moments. But if, you, if you're relying on Blake Griffin to be a part of your rotation and win a title at this stage of his career, then yeah, good luck. I think – the locker room is, is where he's going to be most important because yes. Justin, to your point, if they get out to a, a wishy-washy start or like TMZ swoops in with an Udoka bomb or something like that, just having someone who's seen a scandal of the highest order in the NBA and lived through it and seen organizational uh, tumult, that might be really valuable. He's basically the same age as Missoula. He might be older. Um, Two years older. Yeah. 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 He's, that's ridiculous. He's the same age as Horford. Uh, so I think he's incredibly valuable, but, whether that's on the stat sheet or in the hearts and minds is a little different. Okay. Let me pause the action. I'm going to do an ad read. And then uh, Justin, you don't know this, but we're going to play a game. So uh, let me talk to you about our friends over at betonline.ag. Football is back and betonline reminds your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at betonline. As your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores, as well as giveaways all season long. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events with MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. 
make sure to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your reward. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Justin Quinn, you are the uh, editor of Celtics Wire. Kai Carlin, you're the editor of Sixers Wire. So in theory, you're co-equals, although peek behind the curtain, we help each other out in all sorts of things. Anyways, I'm going to ask each of you a question. And to the benefit of time, I'm going to say, give me 10, maybe 15 seconds for an answer. Those are the rules. Any questions? What are we doing? Oh, <laughs> Let's do uh, it. We're going we're gonna to go through the rest of our questions, but uh, okay. with a bit of celerity. Okay. okay. Dr. Quinn, who was the most important addition to the Boston Celtics this offseason? I mean, if I said anyone else besides Malcolm Brogdon, you would obviously, I hope, tell me I'm lying. Uh, if you've seen what he's doing with the second unit in the Celtics in the preseason, it's very, very evident why he's so important and what he's going to bring to this team. It's, it's, it's Kevin Kelly. What are you talking about? I mean, I he's gonna... my favorite in terms of vibes, definitely. I was going to say Vonley. All right, Kai Carlin, the number one addition to the Sixers this offseason was? Uh, uh, I know a lot of people are going to say Melton, and I definitely agree that Melton was great, but I'm going to say Tucker. Um, mm-hmm. Just for a simple fact that Tucker is the only one on the roster with a championship ring, um, so he knows exactly what it takes to succeed in, the, in this league. And also Tucker – was on those Houston Rockets teams with Harden. So he knows what, what, what it's, he's seen kind of, they ran to that buzzsaw in the Golden State Warriors every time they tried to win out in Houston. And then he goes to Milwaukee and they finally, he finally gets over the hump, wins a title. He was one win away from getting back to the finals last year in Miami. Um, so I think that, that, in that experience, that um, everything he's been through, that's going to be invaluable to this team. I'm going to break the rules um, and actually pause. Uh, Kai, Trez Harrell, big deal, little deal, no deal? Montrez is going to be huge. Uh, I know a lot of – listen, Sixers fans are obsessed with Paul Reed, uh, <laughs> and, and I understand it. He's B-ball Paul uh, and, and, just, and, and just everything else. You know what's weird? He actually doesn't even get – like when he gets introduced during home games or when he scores, normally it, the, the PA announcer yells out, B-ball Paul. He hasn't done that during the preseason. He's just been Paul Reed. He's sure. just been Paul Reed. So I think he's maybe graduating to basketball, Paul. Maybe he's a little more. Um, <laughs> maybe he's a little more. Uh, he's a he's a more mature Paul Reed. Well, um, Mr. Basketball Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Basketball Paul. So uh, listen, I think Harold's going to be huge. I think Harold's going to be the backup center uh, to Joel. I know um, Reed was the backup center during the playoffs behind Joel, but uh, I, I really do believe that Doc will go to Montrez just for the fact that a Harold wants Sixth Man of the Year under Doc while they were with the Clippers in the 2019-20 season. And then uh, Doc just loves his veterans. You know, he played yeah. DeAndre Jordan last year, the ghost of DeAndre Jordan last year down the stretch. So um, I, just, I feel like Harrell's probably going to be the backup center going forward, no matter no matter what Reed does. Like, unless Reed takes, like, leaps and bounds forward, it's probably going to be Harrell. Sure. Okay, back to the game. Dr. Quinn. The Celtics will finish with what seed during the regular season? Second seed. I think that the first half of the season is not going to go quite as well as some of us hope, but I do think that they are going to be very good. Even still, they're going to lose some games that will make the first seed pretty hard to catch by the time they get robbed back. But once they do, I think they're going to be fairly similar to how they were last season to close the season. Tremendous. Guy, uh, what seed will the Sixers get in the regular season? 
Let's see. I have the Sixers three. I see. I've already got this played out in my head because I've been debating this with friends all summer. I have Milwaukee in order. Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Miami, uh, Atlanta, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Th- th- those are my eight playoff teams this year in the East. I, I think maybe the order gets a little jumbled, but not by much. I like that. Right. I mean, uh, like, like Toronto could probably sneak in there, probably like maybe over yeah. like one of those. Oh, teams. actually, I think Toronto over Chicago, but other than that, it's pretty close. Yeah, to now, now that you say yeah. Toronto, I might disagree with you. Right. Yeah, yeah, I just I, I love I love Demar Derozan and Zach Levine too much, and I hope that Lonzo Ball can come back. I'm banking on that. I like that. Plus, they they're set up to make a little bit of a desperation trade. Okay, I'll stay with you, Kai. How far do the Sixers go in the postseason? Even though you already told us your answer. Well, yeah, round two. Um, I mean, uh, um, again, unless. James and Joe are healthy and they don't have, they, they don't have one of their playoff because, you know, they, like I said, James has a history of playoff clunkers. Joe has a history of playoff injuries. If they can avoid that, then sure. They're making the conference finals with a chance to make the NBA finals in this upcoming season. But I am banking on history repeating itself. It just has a tendency of doing so. Um, so I, I'm probably going to rock with a Bucks Celtics Eastern conference finals. I will say this though: Don't count out Cleveland. Like the Cavaliers yeah. to me are like so scary. Uh, and obviously, the Sixers played the Cavs twice in the preseason. And in, the, in those two preseason games, Garland and Mitchell were incredibly hard to stop. And wait till they get Evan Mobley back. I was going to say, yeah. D- depending mm-hmm. on how he pans out this season, whether he takes another leap, could be the difference between, you know, somewhere near the play-in and exactly what you were just talking about. And then also, you know, Miami is going to do something. Like, like, yes, they, they, they always come up with some – Jamal Kane is probably the next Heat ra- – the random Heat player that will all of a sudden come on the scene at some point. Duncan Robinson is going to be uh, playing in Phoenix uh, for a Mr. Jake Crowder. I, that's my guess. I, I, I honestly agree with that. I, I can see that happening. Cool. Okay, Dr. Quinn, uh, other side of the coin, how far are the Celtics going to go in the postseason? Uh, the finals, the question is going to be whether it is with Rob leading at the five or Jacob Puddle. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love that. Well, th- this is basically like, is he going to be healthy? Because if he, if they get to December and he's still kind of eh, I expect them to throw the bag at, at well, not the bag, but the assets at uh, Jacob Purtle and the San Antonio Spurs because he is probably the best and best fit of a center who's reasonably going to be available. If someone doesn't snag him first, that is. It's Jakob. Thank you. Jakob Purdy. I'm doing uh, my, my co-host job of mingling people's names today. So, Yeah, I teach AP world history. It's like, a, it's madness. I'm mispronouncing everything. Um, actually, the Celtics are going to trade Derek White and everything I've got for DeAndre uh, Aiden. Just kidding. Okay, anyways, um, to, to the benefit of time, even quicker answers this time around. Um, Kai, stick with you. What is the greatest strength that the Sixers have? Uh, I think it's the star duo of Joel and James. Um, I, I know, I know. I just mentioned that in their playoff history is, isn't great, but I think the pick and roll duo between those two. They, I think it was already uh, statistically the number one pick and roll tandem in the NBA for those twenty-one games that he played in Philly last year. Um, but then you, you're, you're adding that to a full season, a full training camp, and you put PJ Tucker in the corner who shot 39% on corner threes in Miami last year, and he hits corner threes like they're layups. So I think that that pick-and-roll duo between Joel and James, that's going to be almost unstoppable on offense. All right. Dr. Quinn? 
synergy from continuity that has been augmented by weak spots being buttressed by the new additions. So I think that that is going to be the, the one thing that will be the engine for this team. All right, cool. Uh, three more quickies. Uh, biggest X factor on the Celtics, Dr. Quinn. Ooh, the biggest X factor. I'm on the roster, get... a player. Yeah. Blake Griffin. <laughs> I'm going to go with Sam Hauser here just because if he's anything like, if he's like 30% of the player we saw in the preseason appearances he had, uh, they have a new tool. And it's a tool yeah. that is at a position where they really need some help. So. Plus, they probably put Pritchard in that dark white trade. Um, Kai, biggest X factor on the Sixers roster? Uh, it's going to be Tyrese Maxey. Um, uh, Tyrese Maxey becomes an all-star this year, and he uh, kind of steps into that whole most improved player race this upcoming season. That That's going to be huge, uh, a huge help for them as they move forward. Okay, penultimate question, and I will give my answer just to give you some time because I'm springing this on you. What is your biggest hot take for your respective team? I'm going to talk about the Celtics. My biggest hot take is that Jason Tatum is going to win MVP because as these things go, he's going to get hot right around the right time you need to get hot to win MVP. So he's sitting at like 13 to one odds right now. He's slipped a little bit. I think as Justin alluded to, they're going to get hot in the winter and into the spring and the narrative is going to suit itself. So Jason Tatum, congratulations on your forthcoming MVP award. Uh, Kai, as our guest, you get to give your hot take first, your Sixers hot take. Uh, I'll, I'll say that uh, one of the Sixers' new additions will be in the running for Sixth Man of the Year, whether it be Melton, House Jr., or Harrell. Uh, one of those three or will definitely be in the running for Sixth Man of the Year just because they're, gonna, they're going to basically make that Sixers bench watchable. <laughs> okay, Dr. Quinn, your hot take? Derek White is not only going to become an integral part of Boston's offense, but he's going to shoot 38% from three this year. Ooh, that'd be oh. a career high, I believe. Love that for him. Okay, Kai Carlin, the editor of Sixers Wire and part of our USA Today SMG family. What is your prediction for Tuesday night's game, the opening night of the season between the Celtics and the Sixers? Um, I'm going to say, I mean, it's going to be an emotional night. Um, obviously, it's opening night's always crazy. Um, obviously, the Celtics are dealing with the Udoka situation right now as well. So I- I'm, I'm going to say the Sixers win just because this, they have a little more uh, continuity at the moment. Boston has essentially has the same roster. Um, you know, they obviously added Brockton, but they're, they're, that, I think that Udoka thing is going to be just kind of hanging over them at least for the first week or so of the season. They could start out slow. So uh, I'm going to say the Sixers win. And Dr. Quinn? Uh, I, it's really hard uh, with the big man situation being so shaky at, at present. Maybe it's less so than we realize. Uh, but just to be a contrarian, I'm going to give the Celtics a narrow win. Uh, and I'm going to say that Luke Cornett shows us why we are wrong. Is he right. ready for? Is he going to be ready on Tuesday? Uh, he should be ready uh, to play in the preseason game that's going to be taking place around the time most people will be listening to this uh, from what I'm hearing. Cool. Fantastic. All right. Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire and USA Today SMG. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, we hate to see you go, but I'll see you on Tuesday. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, guys. Justin, much love. Cam, much love. And Cam, yeah, I'll see you on Tuesday. Fantastic. Go Celtics. All right. Thank you very much, Kai, for stopping by, talking to us about the Sixers. I think we're all right here that the top of the East is going to be crowded and uh, 
counting Giannis out feels naive. So maybe it's Giannis's Eastern Conference to lose. Anyways, thanks again, Kai. Um, Justin, you and I are going to do the news. Um, as you alluded to just before this cut, uh, the Sixers, if the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Raptors are playing in Montreal for their final preseason game. So that's exciting for our friends north of the border. Um, and uh, I don't know. Have the Celtics played in Montreal? Probably, this happened like 10 years ago. I think. Yeah, probably a long time ago, but not that I've been paying very close attention recently. So, yeah, I don't think they've done. They, when was the last global game they did? Ooh, Italy? Well, that's what I know for sure. I know they've done one since then, but they were, I think they were in the, the I think they were in Mexico City in like 2015, I want to say. Hmm. Okay. Well, in any event, uh, good luck to the Celtics, I suppose, but just don't get hurt. Um, between now and opening night, one major milestone on the calendar, just the 17th is the deadline for Grant Williams and the Celtics to come to terms on an extension among other players in their respective teams. Uh, Jake Fisher of Yahoo is reporting that it's not expected the two sides come together on a deal. And Dr. Quinn, you're not that flapped by that. Why are you so unflappable in this context? There's great reasons for both sides not to do it. Um, Grant's side, He's probably going to make more money. There, from what we're hearing, it's like eleven to thirteen that we're hearing rumbles that he's being offered. Uh, that is something he should reject because he will make at least that, uh, unless he gets hurt, which doesn't seem to be too likely. He's pretty durable, so betting on himself is not that crazy of a thing. He's going to have a bigger role. He could probably play himself into something closer to the twenty million dollar range. I think this season, particularly with the big man depth being an issue for the Celtics. Then on Boston side, Grant's a really good player. He doesn't make a lot of money, and you can slap him in a trade, add a lot of value without adding a lot of cap, and that's really attractive to another team. So if you want to get him in and you want to pay him what you think he's worth on your team, then it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think that that's the perfect read. I don't think Grant – he's a younger guy, but I don't think he has any misgivings about how this all works. So I think – he would agree with what you just said. And he'd also agree with that. He's betting on himself and he's going to make more than that expected amount. So I suspect it will come to pass that they didn't come to terms and we'll have to offer our opinion. And I don't think our opinion will change, but who knows? Um, In the same bit of reporting from Jake Fisher over at Yahoo, there there was kind of a throwaway thing that was both interesting and a nothing burger. We're just talking about the Jay Crowder situation in Phoenix and suggested that Suns were interested in Derek White um, and that people in the NBA orbit had talked about Jay Crowder returning to Boston, but there wasn't any immediate interest there. Um, So the Suns perhaps are interested in Derek White, hence what I brought up before. Doesn't seem like the Celtics are interested in Jay Crowder, but the fit isn't crazy. Anything you pull out of that that's worth really keeping an eye on? I would much rather have Derek White than I would Jay Crowder as much as I do think that Jay would be a really good fit for this team. Uh, And if he, you know, holds out to mid-December when he can be traded for Donalo Gallinari, if they think that Gallinari is a player that they're okay with moving, which if they're, you know, dealing with problems on the wing uh, in terms of the the, the 3-4 direction more than the 2-3 direction, then maybe they would go for something like that. But there's really no reason for there to be any serious talks between the teams for either of those players at present because there hasn't been any real movement or need uh, to the level where they would do something like that. Yeah, Alex isn't here today. And Alex thinks that we're co-presidents of the Derek White fan club, but that's not true. I'm the president. 
I don't know where he's the assistant to the regional Derek White fan club presidency. Um, so it pains me to say that I do wonder if the Celtics would make an in-season consolidation move. And I think Derek White would be, for a lot of reasons, um, part of that salary, redundant assets. That's exactly um, what, what I was trying to like hint at is if you are going to move, somebody's probably going to be him. It could conceivably be Brogdon in the right deal. Uh, but if somebody really big shakes free because of the whole Victor Wambanyana tanking scenario, you might be able to get a really good player for a much lower price than normal. And yeah. Jay Crowder is not that player. No offense, Jay. You're really, really good, for particularly for how late in your career you are, but you're just not that guy. Yeah, it'll be interesting that the number of teams that will eventually pack it in and, and sell off pieces. Um, and uh, what, what was my, I had a catchphrase and I don't remember what it is. Uh, no winning for one. Brickin for Vic? No, not Brickin for Vic. It was like no winning for one Banyama or something. I forget what it was. It, it must not have been that good. Anyways, uh, the number of teams like the Pacers, the Jazz, obviously, perhaps the Thunder. I mean, the number of teams that will be putting good, solid players out there for uh, would-be contenders to take a bite at is going to be really interesting. And the Celtics might have a really nice roster right now, which they do, but if everyone else is loading up, they might feel the need to make a move. So um, if Hauser doesn't work out, maybe they'll add something on the wing. If the guard rotation needs trimming, they might do that. And then to your point, they might need another big man if uh, the current situation doesn't hold there, unfortunately, and, and I hate to even put this in the ether, they're one Al Horford injury away from having a big problem immediately. Sorry. Okay. Uh, if you're going to pay the tax, DeAndre Ayton is, is Rob Williams 2.0. Um, anyways, what are you looking for in the final preseason game? If anything, you mentioned that Cornet is, is, is thought that he'll be back from that ankle sprain. Um, anything you're specifically looking for? Well, presumably, both because this is in Montreal in a place where they don't usually play, so the locals are going to want to see the star players of both teams, but also because four days later they start the season. I expect this is going to be a tune-up game. So really, I just want to see who is actually going to be starting in a game they want to win, in a game they're trying to win, rather than that something that's really more of kind of like an analytical exercise that happens to also be a game. Yeah, uh, we, we already talked about this. Um, I'm not so, so worried about what happens in the preseason. I just don't want anyone to get hurt. Yeah. Okay, in the, in the interest of news, um, the Celtics, uh, they have to. They've already started to trim that preseason roster. Apologies in the pronunciation of the following names. But they cut Luka Semenich um, and Roger Semenich. Thomas. Pretty good. Semenich. And uh, my last name is so nuts. You would think that I would have learned how to read complicated last names um two folks are going to stay kind of close to home but they're going to maine aj reeves and uh reginald kisselal i have no idea that's a good guess yeah he played well i think in denmark um got some some attention there uh they signed him cut him and now he's going to maine so uh just in the interest of bookkeeping that's what went down it's thursday evening the next time that we talk we will have a real NBA Celtics basketball game to talk about. So thank you for listening to the NBA Basketball Celtics Lab podcast. Uh, And we'll catch you next week. Adios.